Am I good? Okay. It was so loud earlier. I didn't hear myself. I was like, oh, what's going on? So, um, so anyway, I, I want to just talk briefly, and then we'll call Andrew up. Aaron wants to share their st- or Andrew wants to share their story of their journey and process and, honestly, testimony of, of going forward. And um, so, so it, we have this theory at Upper Room. We are a sending place. We, we are kind of an apostolic equipping center. We, we love it when we get the opportunity to be a part of a journey, the process, and the sending, the commissioning. It's an honor for us. And I know it's sad at, at times because we're family, and it's kind of like, I'm sure many of you, we haven't had to go through this slightly a little bit with, with Kinder and Destiny, but uh, to where our, we raise our kids, and then we send them, and then we, we watch them grow and spread their wings and fly, right? And I know uh, many of you in here have done that with kids, and now you're seeing even some grandkids go through that. But, but at any rate, it's a beautiful thing. It's what's supposed to happen at times, um, but then it's hard. We're going to miss them, and uh, they're going to be, man, that's a 12-hour drive, I think. Um, but, but we get to do this from time to time. Kelly Capone is all the way in the back. Can you wave, Kelly? So Kelly was our administrator a year ago, roughly, and uh, for, for a year or two, and uh, her and her husband are in Dallas. It's funny, as I didn't know she was coming today, and I'm actually going to Dallas for, a day, for today. And uh, so, so anyway, it's kind of funny. I was like, you're coming, I'm going, and I'm only there for, honestly, a few hours. But uh, at any rate, uh, this is a, an, an honor. So we believe that there's arrows when people get launched. And today, we look at that may have more of a, a launching. There's stones... And those are stones that go and they stay in a place, all right? And, and, and arrows go where we can't go. Arrows go, like, like as far as upper room, this is, this is our hub. This is where we are, but we get to be a part of launching arrows into other industries, other spheres of influence, other regions, other areas. And that's what today, we're launching some arrows. And, and it's for the impact to hit their target for the kingdom in, in Jesus, right? Then there's, there's stones and then there's batons. Batons are things that are passed on to the next generation or the next uh, crew or the next leadership, whatever that might be. You might start a group, you pass that baton and somebody else takes that group and hopefully even takes it further, wider, deeper, right? So today we're launching some arrows. So just briefly, uh, for, the case, for the sense of context, um, biblically, what we're doing today. So, so the first thing is that Jesus, he really, he really sends us first, okay? And um, man, I, 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 I probably would have just... Andrew and I just talked yesterday, like, what this could look like, and I, I was, I'm trying to schedule myself every single week. I'm here. I'm going to speak because I'm only here about 50% of the time over the next 12 weeks or so, and, and I just want to take a minute to thank you. Um, my daughters are in club volleyball. We got two going on. I travel just a little bit. This is home. I miss it when I'm not here. This would be my ideal, like, let's just stay here. Every Sunday, I'm here. Um, I, I sent something, Brady um, was, was texting me like, hey, I hope to get off shift in time to make it to church. Uh, this was last Saturday, about tomorrow. I was like, I won't be there. My daughter has a volleyball tournament. I'm taking her, Nicole will be there. And, uh, and he's like, man, I'm so thankful to be part of a church that allows you to still be a dad. And, and I don't take that for granted, just, just so you know. And I know, like I said, we're a little unconventional that the main pastor only speaks about 50% of the time. Uh, but for one thing, I have a heart of empowerment. I have a heart to allow others to share this platform that it's not just me all the time. The other thing is it takes a burden off of me because I still work full-time at a fire department, and I get to serve my biggest ministry, my favorite ministry, and my most prioritized ministry, my family. So, 
I hope that's the case for you, whatever that looks like for you, that your main ministry is unto the Lord, and and then the secondary is your home, whatever that looks like for you, maybe a marriage, maybe kids, maybe not, and then beyond that is upper room and others. That's, That's how I look at that. So you and the way we're structured here and the culture that's here empowers me to do that. So first of all, thank you. Um, but I just want to speak kind of briefly here and, um, and remind you, our vision here is worship, grow, go. Our mission is worship, grow, go. We spent six months, the first six months last year on that. If you're new with us, catch up. Go, go listen to some of that. Our, our first priority is unto the Lord. Our first ministry is unto the Lord. Our next would be grow, growing in the Lord, being disciple, growing, maturing in Christ, growing with each other, growing in community, in family, and then family on mission, Go. Go, make disciples. Go into all the world, right? Go, being sent, going. And that could be at your hospital that you work. It could be at the school that you're a teacher at. That could be your family, right? There is no second-class anointing or calling, whatever that looks like for you. So that's your going. And it's going into the grocery store on the daily. It's going uh, out to eat, and it's your server. That's, that's the go. It's everywhere, everyone around us. And so that's the go. So today is a portion of the go where we're, being, we're sending somebody, we're commissioning. Jesus first commissioned all of us. And I just want to read that. So first is Jesus, Matthew 28, 16 through 20. It says, Now the eleven disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed him, them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. So first thing they did is they worshipped. They worshipped. And then Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. So, so here's the thing where they go to the mountain, they have an encounter, they worship. Now they're being commissioned to go. Lauren and, 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 and Andrew and Lily, they have this heart for the Lord. And, and I can't wait to brag on them a little bit, but just, just for a seat of that for a moment, we're pushing into some prayer things at the church. We're pushing into some, some prophetic things and, and, and some prophetic calls of this house for a foundation of a prayer movement. Okay, where there's times of prayer, there's prayer teams, there's prayer groups, there's prayer training, right? All these things where prayer is made normal and it's not weird. That's some of the prophetic words over this house that, that this would be known as a, at least a house of prayer. So, but I want to just give some honor to Andrew and Lauren. They came from IHOP, Kansas City uh, about eight years ago. They moved back to the area. We got connected. We needed a sound person. I called a friend, Jacob Crawford, and he's like, I know a guy. And then we get connected, and then he is, they've been serving here relentlessly ever since then. So a lot of times you hear something weird happen in the sound, you'll see Andrew run to that room. That's where some of that stuff's kept. And, but just serving, but the, what's on their heart, they've been these intercessors, these, these, these missionary prayer warriors, right? And they've been here on assignment, and, and I'll just be honest, Andrew, I, I just want to thank you for what you've sown in Lauren into this ground and, and into the heart and pushing, even when we may have not been ready in the season for what you wanted here, it has readied the ground and a soil for what is probably to come. And I just want to honor you guys for that. There's others like Amy and then the prayer team and so many others that are pushing into that, but one of the earliest ones was Andrew and Lauren. So it says, go, therefore, and then it talks about discipleship. It says, baptize them, and then it says, uh, and then teaching them to observe all that I commanded. Behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. 
All right, so, so the root of God is go. The root of gospel is go, right? So we keep saying, come, Jesus, come, when he's saying, go, people, go. So it's this thing. So today we get to be a part of a day of commissioning where we're going to launch some arrows. Last thing I want to just acknowledge is Acts 13. At the end of service, we're going to call them up. We're going to do some Q&A that's fun. Uh, we're going to try to keep this brief. Um, Andrew, we're going to try to keep this brief, okay? Uh, and, and then we're going to lay hands on them, send them, commission them, cover them. One of my prayers this week, as I saw that beautiful snow come, right? Sometimes there's some chaos in my world, at least, for a little while. And then it, then it all settles down and the roads get cleared, everybody's safe. And then you see this beauty. And my prayer and my de- declaration of the things I was decreeing is that this would be a prophetic sign that the Lord is cleansing and covering the land. And, and I just feel that, like there is a covering that's happening today, a commissioning and ascending. But it start, one of the things of, of, of an example in the Bible is Paul and Barnabas in Acts 13. Before they went to an area, they were actually the, the, the teachers of that, of that church, laid hands on them, sent them. So that's kind of what we're doing today. So let's just read that for context. Now there were, now there were in the church... At Antioch, prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manning, a lifelong friend of Herod, the Tetrarch, and Saul. Steve, I need you up here on some of this stuff, okay? While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul, who became Paul, and for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid hands on them and sent them off. So, so this was just a laying on of hands and ascending. That's what we're doing today. Uh, so why don't you uh, welcome Andrew up. <laughs> Love you, man. Thank you, Aaron. Um, I just want to take a moment uh, and just wait on the Lord for just a second. So just posture your heart. Just close your eyes. Position your heart. Holy Spirit, we invite you. So I made a vow in my youth. Um, I don't advise that. <laughs> in, the, in my early 20s, when Lauren and I, my wife and I, moved to Kansas City, uh, we'd just been married, moved, um, and went on staff with the International House of Prayer in Kansas City. For those of you who don't know, they, for 22 years now, I believe, since 1999, they've been doing 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, live prayer and worship together. So constant musicians and singers combining together like the Tabernacle of David in the Old Testament to, to offer the Lord prayer and intercession coupled together with worship. And so we went and joined and had no idea what we were getting into and jumped on staff there. And um, I, I remember a whole lot of stuff, but uh, something hit me this morning. So Aaron asked me yesterday to, to share if I would share. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crack on you as if it's bad. It's really not. I want you to understand if he had asked me a week ago, I would have said no. If you would ask me three days ago, I would have said no. So it was totally the Lord that you did not say anything until yesterday because we're moving 
and the anxiety of prepping a message. I am the consummate teacher. Like, I am a teacher, so I want to prep notes and prepare and equip and have lists and documents and quotations and citations and everything else, and that would have stressed me out beyond belief, and so the fact that the Lord didn't stir you to even ask until yesterday is, uh, thank you, but I am going to act like it. it is a problem, but it's not. So just be aware, it's not a problem. So, um, just in the midst of all of this, the Lord reminded me of something even this morning. Um, the va- this vow that I made in my early 20s as we had joined staff at the House of Prayer there, um, the, the vow was something along the lines of, um, I will never speak a message. I will never teach unless I have conviction on it in my heart, unless it's real to me. It's become life-giving to my bones and my body. Now, that might seem like, oh yeah, sure, but Aaron just said he only speaks 50% of the time. Most pastors speak 75, 80% of the weeks. And what I found in the year, 10 years that we've been, we were in full-time ministry is it's really hard to get conviction on something when you have to speak something new next week and next week and next week and the following week. You follow what I'm saying? It, how, do you, how does the word sink in and become life to you in deep ways when you constantly have to have fresh revelation for the congregation? And so actually, Aaron, I want to honor the fact that you only speak 50% of the time or less because the reality of that is it allows the things the Lord is showing you to sink deep into your heart. And those of you that speak semi-regularly, Corey, dude, every time you speak, I'm in the back like, rocking and shaking because every because it's real, right? The things that you share are not just inconsequential or or really cool passages that mean something here and there. It's it has deep deep revelation in your heart. So this was the vow that I made in my 20s. Um and again, I didn't think of any of this until this morning. I was actually in the bathroom here and it was like it hit me like a ton of bricks. What I want to share today was the, and and this was the vow that I said to the Lord, even if I only speak one message the rest of my life, one, one sermon on repeat forever, that's fine. As long as it is living and active in me, as long as it is what drives my heart, I will do that. And so I want to share with you that today. Um, Now again, as the teacher who who had no time to prepare, just kidding, um, again, it's in my heart, so I'm just going to go out of that. The, the message is, is what, what I used to title it. It's the Greater Moses Invitation. And I want to, this is the testimony of our lives. My, my wife, my beautiful wife, Lauren, and Lily, our, our testimony is that the Lord has offered us an invitation, and we're just responding over and over. That's it. This is the life in Christ that he has for you. And I want you to remember this phrase as I share this stuff today. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Okay, so just we'll do the, con- the preacher thing. Say, everybody say it with me. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Christ in me is the hope of glory. See, that's, that's the real mystery that, that Paul talks about in Colossians, that it is not uh, the, the hope or the glory of a platform, the glory or of a ministry, the glory of opportunity, the glory and hope of some occupation, some future thing. It is Christ inside of you, living and active, that is your hope of eternal glory. 
That's what you get to present before him at the end of the age. And that's what we get to stand before the Lord and say, was I obedient when you called? Did I respond to your invitation? Over and over. See, the greater, the, the greater Moses invitation that I love to teach on is Exodus 19. Moses and the Israelites are standing before Mount Sinai. How many of you know the story? Okay, and the, the mountain Mount Sinai, God descends on the mountain in fire and smoke and thunder and lightning and the sounds of trumpets, and the entire nation is t in terror, right? Deep darkness, the darkness of the Lord covers the mountain, and the Lord tells everyone, do not come up the mountain. Don't even touch it lest you die. Do not come, three times he says, do not come up the mountain, only Moses could come up, and then Moses and Aaron, and then the, some of the elders of Israel, and they could only touch it a little bit. They could only come up a little bit, okay? And, and the entire nation is terrorized. They're afraid of the Lord, and their hearts respond, and Moses writes of this in Deuteronomy. They say, do not show yourself to us anymore. Send us someone that can stand in the gap between us and God because we are terrified of him, and we don't want to die, okay? Are you following? And Moses says, fine, in the latter days, the Lord is going to send you a prophet like me. Him you will hear, him you will seek, him you will respond to. And then later when we get to John, we get to the passages of scripture, Jesus says, and Jesus is presented, I am the prophet likened unto Moses. Over and over again in Matthew, he says, I'm that prophet. God fulfilled the things that you wanted. Israel's heart, okay? They wanted a physical God to worship. We see that when they made a golden calf. Yeah? They wanted a physical being to bow down and worship to. God gave them that when the word became flesh and became Jesus, right? They wanted encounter and they wanted a, um, an intercessor to stand between them. That's what they got. God fulfilled the longings of their heart in, in the man, in Jesus. But then Jesus turns around and five times in the book of Matthew. Now, the book of Matthew is written by a Jew for the Jews, okay? It's written by a Hebrew for the Hebrews. And five times Matthew points out Jesus does something in the book of Matthew. He presents a hard truth, okay? Eat my flesh and drink my blood or you cannot enter into the kingdom. He presents a hard truth. He heals ten, like an the Decapolis that followed him out in Matthew 4 and 5, and then he turns around and he walks away up a mountain. Matthew 5 is the great, my, my favorite example of this. He, he presents something hard before them, a hard truth, and he just leaves and goes away up a mountain, but it says, but his disciples came to him sat at his feet and heard his word. They did Isaiah 2. They ascended the hill of the Lord. They walked in his very footsteps up the mountain. They sat down and they heard what he said. He offered them the greater Moses invitation. See, in Moses' day, the Lord said, do not touch the mountain or come up it lest you die. And Jesus says, come up the mountain and meet with me in the place of encounter. Come and hear my words and see my face and sit before me. Come up the mountain and encounter the Lord. And this is the testimony of my family. The Lord over and over and over and over presents to us a vision, a dream, a hard truth. And he says, now he walks away. 
And I'm like, this is a very hard saying. Like, <laughs> I don't understand. Why are you not here? He says, come and sit with me and look at me and behold my beauty and focus your vision and dig into the word and find me. That was an invitation. Respond to the invitation to encounter. Just, just sit in that for a moment. The Lord is inviting you. The Lord is inviting you into the deep things of his heart. There is a great invitation, and the one who's, who John the Baptist says is not, he's not even worthy to unstrap his sandals, right? Has invited us up the mountain to meet with the Father face to face. So that's my little snippet. Now I want to share with you how that ties into what the Lord's doing in us. So when we, we left Kansas City eight years ago in 2014, we, we were there for four or five years on staff, worked as missionaries full-time, uh, trained and equipped singers and musicians and all kinds of different stuff, uh, trained and equipped uh, missionaries. I was a non-singer, non-musician, and I was training non-singers and non-musicians how to sing and play music in a prayer room. I want you to understand like, how the Lord is strong in our weakness. I didn't learn to play and sing until we moved back here eight years ago. I, I just couldn't do it. Um, so, I, and the only reason I did we, was because we moved back and I went on staff with a house of prayer that had no singers and musicians. And I was like, well, I guess I should sing and play. And so that's what I did. Um, but we, we served in that capacity for a, for a season. And then my wife, Lauren, got very, very sick, um, had to be cared for full-time. Now, those of you who don't know, Lauren's been battling a, a rare form of cancer for about 12 or 13 years now. Um, and she got very, very bad. And the Lord, in the midst of that, had, had first spoken, you're going to be here for a while. So we were looking for a house. We were trying to buy a house in Kansas City. And then he plucked us out, just ripped us out circumstantially because we couldn't live there. We needed full-time care. Stuck us back here at home. We live in Beaver Creek, um, and we've been here ever since. The Lord tied us into Upper Room uh, six or seven years ago. Um, but in in that pulling and plucking us out again, it was that it, this is really an invitation from the Lord. We had to wrestle with that reality that there's something the Lord has for us in the, in this. So several years go by. Here we are, um, and last year, year and a half ago. I think about a year and a half ago, the Lord made it really clear that we were moving here to Troy, Tip City. To Tip City, but really that means Troy. I don't know, but whatever. I like, sorry, you Tip City people. Um, there's like cool, anyway, I won't, I won't go down that road. Um, there seems to be some animosity there. Uh, so made it really, really clear. I want you to understand, he made it really, really clear, but something had to happen in the midst of that. We had vision and desire and, and yearnings in our heart for years to be back in Kansas City because we were removed by the Lord unwillingly, right? We had vision and dreams and things to be there. And I think about a year and a half ago, give or take, I had settled in my spirit with the Lord. This is the Lord. We're going to move here. And I had to actually take those seeds, as it were, those dreams, and put them to death. I had to bury them in the ground. We died to those dreams, several dreams, a couple of years ago. And that was okay, 
because I used to say this all the time, that unless a seed goes into the ground and dies, it cannot bring forth fruit, right? A new life. And so we put to death a lot of dreams. I put to death a lot of dreams. And then here we are, fast forward again a little bit. Last year, in, this past year in September, we went out for a visit to Kansas City. No intention of moving there. We're buying a house in Troy. We've put in offers multiple times, multiple times, and nothing's happening. But, the, you know, that's the Lord, obviously. Um, so we start kind of moving forward. We're, we're out visiting, just visiting. And on the way there, I'm in the midst of a conversation, a 10-hour conversation with the Lord. And lest you think I'm more holy than I am, that never happens to me, okay? Like, I'm engaged for about four minutes, and then I disengage, and I have to put on music or whatever, right? Ten-hour conversation with the Lord um, on the entire drive out there. It's ten, not twelve hours. Maybe twelve with your kids. Um, <laughs> we have a dog, so that trip is going to be a long trip. Um, so uh, I'm engaging with the Lord about some stuff, and he just begins to highlight some things, and uh, I... I just present it to the Lord. I, here's, a, here's a bunch of, of boxes I need you to tick off. Here's a few fleeces that I want, I'm going to throw out. And if you meet them, fine. Because I felt like the Lord saying, hey, would you, if I invited you, would you come? Would you move back out? And I'm like, no. Like, we're, you've already told us where we're going. And um, so on the way out there, and one of the things that came to my mind was fine, but Lily has to ask to move here. I hope you're okay with me sharing this. It's all your fault. No, I'm just kidding. I love you, Lily. I love you. <laughs> and lest you think it is all of your fault, it's not. There was about a thousand other things that the Lord did, but it started the ball rolling because on our first— and the reason I threw it out there, let me say this, is because I knew she would never ask to move to Kansas City, ever. Ever, never, ever, ever, okay? She was not in that place. And our first morning out, we are, Lily and I had walked out of a conference meeting, sat in a coffee shop, and she leans over and says, Dad, can we move here? And I, my heart dropped. My jaw about hit the floor. I called Lauren. She was still at home or at the, at the house we were staying at. I'm freaking out. She's freaking out. I'm like, all right, Lord, are you doing something? And through the course of the rest of that weekend, the Lord began to just nail us over and over and over with confirmations uh, with direction. Every message that was spoke that entire weekend, L Lily, Lauren, and I had been in Psalm 139 the whole prior week, studying it, praying through it. Every message, and we were there for a conference, every message, Psalm 139 is hit over and over. And I just kept jabbing Lily and being like, the Lord is saying something. We need to pay attention. He's speaking something to us. And then we get into the weekend, the course of the weekend, find out there's a guy there by the name of Chris Reed, who happens to be a prophet. Um, I don't use that term lightly. I want you guys to know that, and I'm not going to take time to really unpack that, but I do not use the term prophet lightly. I, there's prophetic gifting, there's prof highly prophetic people, and there's the office of the prophet. This guy is a legitimate prophet, like signs and wonders declarations, right? And he's preaching, and he's calling out people's names and addresses and phone numbers and their mom's phone number and their cousin and, and then like your five kids that you've been praying for. This kind of prophetic accuracy which is really faith building. And he calls me out by name. Andrew John. And I'm not going to unpack the whole story but he calls me out by name and just begins laying into everything we'd been praying into over the course of the weekend. 
you're at a crossroads. You're at the, like the, the river of Jericho where you could either cross or you could not. You could go left, you could go right. Lean into the Lord. Study the names, Andrew and John as the disciples and so on and so forth. All these things that are stirring in my heart and the things that I found. This is just, again, this is one example of about a thousand things he did over the month of September and October in the last year of confirming his direction. And I, lest, lest you guys begin to think this is the only way you should move, it's not. I, I've matured in the Lord over 20 years of knowing the Lord. And the thing that I've come to know is that like, he's it, respond please to the invitation and the still small voice. Because the reality is, I, I've found scripturally, biblically, is the greater the revelation the Lord gives you, the harder the journey is going to be. Right? Why? Because you need the angelic encounter and the visitation and the power of God to sustain you through the crap that's going to come. Right? Do you understand this? So I walk always in this contention of, yes, Lord, send me the angelic visitation and know blessed are those who believe and do not see. Right? That is a contention of your spirit that you have, you have to wrestle with. Oh, I want the great encounter. Oh, I want the angelic visitation. I've had these things. Oh, I've had, all of my angelic visitations, power encounters, things have always regarded Lauren's healing. All of them. And we've been in this battle for 13 years. You don't want these kinds of things, right? But you do. But you do. But you don't, but you do, right? That's invitation from Jesus, that's the invitation, right? Is will you get in with me and wrestle with me through the trial and the tribulation and the things and still believe the still small voice, still believe the things that I've spoken to you and come up the mountain and meet with me? I'll share one other story in regards to the confirmations. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite. Uh, I have a mentor. He's the director of the House of Prayer in Cincinnati. His name's Walter. Um, and Walt and I have had this conversation for years. He's, he's my spiritual father of Christ in you is the hope of glory, right? You don't, I don't have to be in Kansas City. I don't have to be in that prayer room, right? I don't have to go there to receive the glory. It is Christ in me in response. But he knows in my heart that I've always wanted to go back. And so on our drive home from Kansas City, this one dark night in September, <laughs> I told Lauren, I said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw one last fleece out to the Lord in this and just see, because he's met me in everything. He's such a good father. There's no reason for him to do this, okay? None, zero. I'm like, I will go regardless. The Lord has said go. I will go. We will move. I don't care. I will go, but I want him to do one thing. I want him to tell Walter that we're leaving when it's time to go. He, I won't tell Walter, my, my spiritual father. The Lord has to tell Walter that we're going. And when he does, okay. A week later, <laughs> through Jake Crawford, who you mentioned, who is a spiritual brother, and his, his spiritual father is the same guy, says, hey, Walter has a word for you, and you need to hear it. And he shares it with me, and we're sitting in our house church, sitting around a table, and I'm just weeping, weeping. I have never felt the love of God ever so much as in that moment. Just weeping with joy. And the only words that could come out of my mouth were, he loves me so much. He loves me so much. There is no reason on heaven and earth that he had to tell Walter that, I was that we were going to Kansas City. None. I was going regardless. But because I asked for it, he said yes. Okay, I'll tell him. And he tells him. 
and he tells him that we're going. The Lord is so good, and he loves us so much. Just ask, Lord, what are the things that we need in our hearts? What are the revelations that we want? Ask him. Engage with him in the invitation. Go up the mountain, sit at his feet, and talk to him. Talk to him. So the Lord confirmed over and over and over again over the last couple of months um, that we're doing this thing, we're going. Um, I'm terrified, I'm freaking out, Lauren's not doing well. Things are hard, really, really hard. Chemo, radiation have destroyed her higher functioning brain. She understands that, we talk about it all the time. Have destroyed... Uh, peace in us. There's anxiety and fear and everything else, but I, the Lord has so confirmed in his goodness, he knew we'd get to this place. That's why all of these thing after thing after thing after thing after thing he's done. He's met with us. As an invitation, again, come with me. If you say yes, just the yes, right? The hundredfold obedience to the Lord where you just keep saying yes when it's hard, he's going to meet you and encourage you and exhort you and lean into your heart, right? Draw near to me, he says, and I will draw near to you. So I don't know how how to kind of close this out again because I didn't have any time to prepare. Uh, (laughs) But I... I just want to invite you guys into this reality with us to lean into the Lord, to thank him, to bless him, to pray for us, to, to um, encourage us, to help us pack and move, whatever. I don't, you know, whatever. Whatever the Lord's doing in you in this moment, just rest in that for just a second and, and agree with us and be encouraged in this. You know, we the the picture that the Lord constantly has given me in the in the midst of this, or has repeatedly given me since September. Um, you know, as I studied out Andrew and John. Okay, so there's like four verses on Andrew in the Bible, and that's it. So not a lot to study. Um, but I also watched The Chosen. How many of you guys have seen The Chosen, season one and two? Oh man, they've got such great revelation from the Lord, and I'm telling you, it's from the Lord. But I I begin to study these two brothers in Christ, right? Uh, John, the beloved, who calls himself the beloved over and over again, wrote the book of John, and Andrew. And what I found in studying them out, things that I did not realize before, was this, this one particular revelation to me came. They were disciples of John the Baptist. So Andrew and John were disciples of John the Baptist already, meaning they had already given up their livelihoods and were following creepy John in the wilderness, the dude in camel hair who was eating bugs and locusts and like honey, you know what I'm saying? Like they had given up all reputation and were already pursuing the Lord through John, right? Through John's leadership. And then John, who calls himself the friend of the bridegroom, okay? Who points toward the bridegroom, He's the friend of the bridegroom. They're following John. John is baptizing, and John sees Jesus coming, and he says, guys, 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 guys. He's the bridegroom. Follow him. And they just go, oh, okay. And they, they just walk away from what they were doing. And now I want you to understand what the Lord is doing in this, this invitation, okay? 
for us to move to Kansas City. Christ in me is the hope of glory. I'm not leaving here because it's better there. Okay, there's a few of you I think that need to hear this. The grass is not greener because they practice 24-7 worship prayer in the spirit of the tabernacle of David. The grass is not greener on the other side. I'm not going there because I think I can leave just my troubles behind, though the Lord is grateful, even if that's how we first respond to him. Okay? We are already here in this house, all of you on the path of pursuing the Lord. Whether you're, the Lord invited you in via the John the Baptist to, to turn towards the bridegroom or not, however that reality looks, we were already on the path of pursuing the Lord here and we were totally pleased and willing and grateful. But the Lord presented an invitation to say, okay, you're already on this path. Now veer to me with the right, to the right, right? Come with me to know the bridegroom. Come with me to encounter Jesus, the bridegroom, to meet with him on the mountain. We're not leaving you guys behind thinking we're moving on to greener pastures or something better. I want you to let that sink in. The Lord is in this house. The Lord is doing amazing things. Actually, in, in my spirit, there's a response of saying, I'm so grateful for the people the Lord is raising up because things that I've had a burden for for years have lifted and others are carrying them. I'm like, oh, I'm kind of released. Bye. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I, like, okay, the burdens that I've held for so long, like Corey and Anna and, 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 and Josh and Lydia and others that have come along, you guys carry the same burdens in, of your heart. I don't, I don't have to. I can lean it. And the Lord said, okay, here's an invitation. Come away with me, beloved. Come away with me to the wilderness. Come away with me. It's what he says to the Shulamite in Song of Solomon. Come away with me. And so this is where we're at. This is where our family's at. This is what we're doing, is responding to the Lord. And I want to invite you to join us in it. I want to invite you to join us. Lean into the Lord. Lean into him. God, what are you inviting us into? What encounter on the mountain are you inviting us into? And just say yes. Look, it's going to be hard. It's going to be very, very hard. But in this life, you will have trouble. That's what Jesus said, right? But I have overcome the world. Christ in you is the hope of glory. I'm, I'm looking forward to the glory that God has prepared for me, not because I'm in Kansas City, but because I chose to say yes when he said go to Kansas City. Right? There's so many great things the Lord is going to do there, and that's awesome. I'm only talking about obedience to the Lord. I'm only focused on obedience to the Lord, and that looks different for every single one of you. What is he inviting you into to come up the mountain? You want to say anything? I want to ask you some questions. Okay. Want to have some fun? Yeah. Then we'll bless you guys, yeah. and then we want to commission everybody else in here to go and to have that level of obedience this is a big uh, commissioning. This is a big. Moving a family from one state to another is huge. Maybe your commissioning is actually talk to the person in the McDonald's drive through line. <laughs> All the health people in here be like, no, no, no. But, <laughs> yeah, but maybe it's you at that, the person next to you at work. Maybe, maybe that's your commissioning. Maybe that's your obedience. Maybe that's your stepping out on faith. Like he said, it's different for everybody. Uh, so 
So Lauren, if she feels up to it, and Nicole, why don't you guys come up here? I'd love to just ask you just maybe one or two questions really briefly uh, for the sake of time. And then we also got you a gift. The church got you guys a gift that we want to send with you and bless you with. So we have a little card there. First question is, just get rid of this. We'll just stand. It's going to be brief. So we need like the 30-second version of the answer. Okay. I won't go into teacher mode. Okay, first question is, what's been your favorite thing at Upper Room while being here the last six or seven years? Uh, I mean, worship and worship nights, I think. Um, I'll give this to Lauren, but... Uh, this is their exit interview? Yeah. You all just get to be a part of it? <laughs> if, if, what happens if we fail? Um, <laughs> we have to stay? <laughs> Oh, man, I better get really good answers. Cause when we launch arrows, there's always room in the quiver for them to come back. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> we retrieve some. It's fine. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I think like, the worship dynamic, and Lauren will probably attest to this, but I think there's uh, what drew us here was the, there's an anointing for hope in this house. Um, hope, yeah. Like the, our first visit that was like, this is, yeah, there's hope here. Let's, let's go there. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's hard to give stuff like that words, but um, as he said, uh, we didn't even know this church existed. Y'all called us. Um, and even when you called us, Aaron, I think Jake had given you our name like months before, and you'd been praying, and I don't know, I guess the timing came up. And, two years. Um, or something. So we first moved back. Jake gave you my name. Two years later, you called me, and Aaron said, hey, we've been praying about this for a while. Would you want to come and join our church? <laughs> Sometimes we're a little slow to move on things here, you know. Actually, that was a good sign to me because it was like, oh no, they actually do pray because Jake told me he gave you my name two years before. Anyway, forgot yeah, that part. Um, and and the timing was right too. There's all kinds of stories behind that, but um, but I remember we're like, okay, cool, let's go visit, <laughs> and um, I just remember we walked in and we were home. We're just home, and we've, there are so many moments where, because we both grew up around here. I grew up in Dayton. He grew up in, up north in Versailles, um, but there are moments where we have felt more home here than we have anywhere else in Ohio, um, and the only other phrase I, I know is, is like heart fire. We have the same heart fire, so many of us, and it might be expressed different. It might come in different levels, and it might look different, but but we share that same heart fire. And like he said, every church has its strengths. We are both pastor's kids, so we know the good, the bad, and the really, really ugly. Um, and, but what the strengths in this church was joy and hope. And when the Lord, when y'all called us and we came, we, had n we just had nothing left in us for those things. And yet the journey wasn't done. You know, the race wasn't over, but we had nothing left, and, and he brought us. And within several months of coming, I was hospitalized again, and we knew no one here. And y'all came to Columbus, and we were just like, man, like, this is the first time we felt pastored in, like, so long. And it's not because we, like, our home churches were great, but we grew up there. We were still kids, 
you know, y'all like actually see us as grown-ups a little bit. Um, Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I think that heart fire and just that your strength of joy and hope um, and just willing to say yes when God says to. Okay. What, what would be, do you have a funniest memory here? Like a funny, fun, funnest memory? Do you want to go first? I can't share mine. I don't, I don't have very good memories. Happened on a leader's retreat, my first leader's retreat, and Aaron shared oh, some yeah. text messages that were that slightly inappropriate that you and he would have together. So I, <laughs> <laughs> they were just funny pictures. Not of them. Not of them. <laughs> I remember sitting around a campfire. I won't express any of it. Humor. It was totally 12-year-old humor, sitting and around the campfire with you and James and a couple of the other guys up. and just so. laughing hysterically. Like, I was crying. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, this is my pastor? <laughs> yes. Yeah. I think we may have even been resharing a story where, uh, of a friend who... That's what it was. Yeah, it was yeah. totally so, not you. It was uh, a guy Just for knew. the sake of context, I know we're still purer. <laughs> This friend was trying to send his wife a text while he was traveling and accidentally sent it, and they were brand new serving at this church, accidentally sent it to the pastor's wife. And then it was like one in the morning and then was trying to relentlessly get a hold of the pastor and apologize and say, I'm sorry, that was meant for my wife, and I was only joking even at that. And so anyway, that was... Well, and and that's Stephen it, Bell, unless in case you wanted yeah, to know it, who that was. Yeah. It, it, wasn't wild, it wasn't like wildly inappropriate anything. No, it, was it was just 12-year-old humor, and right. I found yeah. it awkward. Well, okay. and I think awkward. that same leaders retreat, too, as we discussed uh, the, the personality tests, you know, and looking into each other's strengths and weaknesses you know how like whatever your profile is it's like a combination of letters and there often is I think one of them is what D for doer and P for I don't know something personal or whatever and so you know amidst this you know in all seriousness you know the most pastoral lay pastor here is saying just about how what was it like how Aaron's Aaron's a big D. He was there and like, and, and all this stuff, and we're losing it while he's giving this amazing message. Josh, I'm throwing you under the bus. It was totally you. And it just and went like, right over Josh's head. He's like, Aaron's just, just a big like, D. <laughs> like, that's his personality is the letter D, right? And just, to, sorry, these are the 12-year-old things that we think about that are funny. Okay, so. and we're now we're going to send them. <laughs> to never return. No, I'm just kidding. Um, you were there. <laughs> last, last thing is, what, what are you most excited for, um, personally, maybe in one sentence, what are you most excited for in Kansas City? And then we'd love for you to follow up. What are you most excited for at Upper Room as you leave? I think, uh, let's see, Kansas City, um, some, there's some new beginning for us. We'll be starting a little bit fresh. Uh, which is good, but there is there is so much potential for Lily's future, for the things the Lord has prepared as a as a musician and singer, um, as just uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to the adventure of what the Lord brings uh, in the future. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny. I don't I I don't know if I have any specifics yet because this is the first time in years that. With Holy Spirit's help, I've convinced myself to allow a little hope, because um, hope is painful, and when when the fire gets really hot, hope is really painful, and um, it feels like for the last ten years, every other time we've hoped, 
and stepped out, it, you know, our feet got knocked out from under us and, you know, a few more fires were poured on. Um, but, and, and what's also hard is that the, the hardest, you know, we've wanted to go back, but all the circumstances around going back right now are the opposite of what, we, what I've asked. And um, upper room is one of the hardest things to leave. And it's funny because I don't even get here all that much, but this is home and you guys are family. I don't even remember most of your names, but you're my family. And I, um, so it's really hard to leave, but it's even just a chance for, for, for a new beginning. And what I do know is we've, you know, we have moved out there before and it didn't weaken our relationships here. And so I know that this will continue to be our Ohio home church. And I know that we will continue to, to, to link arms and run with that same heart fire. And as far as things I'm excited for for Upper Room, I think you guys are moving into some really deep waters in the spirit. Like there's some really deep stuff that's already being released. The wells that have been dug here for a long time are kind of coming to the surface. That water is being exposed as it were. And um, I'm very excited for just kind of what the Lord is going to do. Um, the way that I, I, I just kind of see it is um, this swirling of the spirit kind of over the building. Like, I don't know, we, we jokingly call it the, the corridor of glory. Like it's just the access point to heaven or, or the, um, like the, the pillar of fire in the wilderness, right? It's this access point and the Lord is resting on this house um, and he's looking down through that, that portal, through that tube, whatever that is, that corridor. And it's like, I, just the picture is of uh, the tabernacle in the wilderness and when the Jews would carry it, when Israel would carry it and they would set up the Ark of the Covenant in the Holy of Holies and the fire of God, that pillar would rest on it. The picture was that you would walk into that tabernacle where the, the Ark of the Covenant was and that's, that's where God's feet would extend from his throne and rest. It was his foot rest on the earth, right? Like that's how they would kind of picture it and like that's what the Lord's doing. He's found rest here um, and there's an invitation from him to kind of engage with that, and I'm excited. He doesn't to see have to strive like. to engage with this family, yeah. and that's a that's 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 a holy thing. And for Jesus, like for the Father, that's that's a fun, enjoyable thing. You know, he doesn't have to work real hard to engage with this family. Um, I will say too, real quick, I am excited for what the Lord is doing in the youth here, because Lily and all y'all's kids right now, like it's their generation. They're going to sing the Lord back. They're going to sing and he's going to split the sky. And God bless Jackie and Micah. God bless Micah and Meredith. God bless Aaron, Nicole. God bless just the family pouring into that generation. And I don't know, any of y'all, like, young people that are in here, don't stop saying yes to Jesus. I don't care how bad you mess up. Don't stop saying yes, because you are going to sing him back, and he's going to split the sky. Don't stop saying yes. I am excited for what he's doing in our kids. And, and I'm grateful that this house has said yes. Amen. So... Um, 
Andrew tried to get a hold of us maybe a couple months ago, and have been, we've been trying to meet, and uh, things were not lining up, and the stars weren't lining with schedule, so he and I met with coffee, but, but he kept wanting to meet, and I told Nicole, I said, I think they're leaving, and Nicole, she's like, I think they're to go, and we both agreed, like in the same moment, we think they need to go back to Kansas City. We feel there's healing in their hearts and bodies and different things. And I was like, and I literally told Nicole, I said, I will be hurt and offended if it's anywhere but Kansas City. Because <laughs> I just felt that in my heart. Not that they can't go anywhere and we rule over them. That wasn't the heart of it. But, but I felt the Lord saying they're to go back to Kansas City. And so it was just amazing. Then when we met, the only other thing I heard was I said, there's a sin. Just so you know, the sin, Lou Engel's putting on the sin. It's going to be in Kansas City in May. And when we met, uh, he told me, he's like, we're going to Kansas City. Long, it was a very long meeting, but long story short. And I was like, we knew it. I was like, we bless it. We love it. I'm excited for you. I can't wait. This is awesome. So, so honored to be part of your process and your journey here over the last seven years, as well as moving forward to Kansas City. And I said, I only feel this. I feel like you're supposed to be there and settled in before the sin happens. And he's like, that's the only other thing that hasn't been said yet that I asked the Lord, you know, and it was like this other last confirmation by the way you said it. So, so anyway, Lily, why don't you come on up here, Nicole? That's what I was going to say. I was like, get Lily up here, and I just want to love on her, and just, um, can you guys just honor Lily? Now... We, we hope, we, again, we're very un, unconventional at Upper Room, and sometimes we do series, sometimes we push into things, but I hope you see the value that if you're with us seven years serving, we're going to take a service to honor you, because we value honor, we know the Lord does. So we hope there's some nuggets that you can grow, and we're going to pray into some obedience here in a minute, and, and the, the commissioning of go for all of us, um, but we hope that you see this, that they are worth some honor. <laughs> they, they are worthy to be blessed today, and for what all you've given us. I, didn't, I wasn't done talking about Lily. <laughs> I mean, I'll just I think, cry for a second. <laughs> I think that if you've been here any, short, any period of time at all, you have seen, speaking of obedience, I mean, Andrew, you have just, this is just what you've done to her, is just she is an obedient one. And she is after God's heart. And I just, I feel like I've known you since you were a baby, even though you weren't, but just watching you grow. And then the, the thing is the fire that she carries and the, unrelented willingness to do only what God would have her to do, that is part of what has steered the youth to where they are. I want you to know that. And just your obedience to sing for him, to whatever he asks of you, I know that that is your heart's desire. So I just declare that that will even strengthen as you move into Kansas City, that there will be people that God brings right beside you from the moment that you get there. That you're leaving some really amazing people here, but not that people can necessarily be replaced, but people who bring value to your life here, there's going to be ones there that bring that value as well. That's just how good God is, and you know that. And it's just been such an honor to listen to you, to worship as you lead us. I mean, you're such an angel. I just could keep talking, but so proud of you. A couple of weeks ago, she got to hang out at our house for an afternoon, and we door dashed uh, Cold Stone, and it hadn't come yet, so we were like sending, or Andrew came to pick her up, and we we're like, the moment they're pulling out, the thing comes in. We we're like, God, I ran it out. I think it was even snowing out. I ran it out. I was like, it came in time. So anyway, we just, we love you guys, and this is home, and you're welcome back anytime. You're welcome to go to youth group with them still this summer, whatever. Um, and Longing to come out and visit. Yep, we okay, will. Long. So why don't, why don't everybody stand? We're going to bless them. Come on out to the front here. We kind of just kept backing up toward the wall. That was odd. But. 
So can you stretch your hands out to them? Can we have Josh and Andy? And if and any Steve leaders want to come up and guys. lay hands, Steve and Patty. All we're doing is just recognizing it's not us necessarily that's sending them or commissioning them. We're recognizing that the Lord has. And we're just blessing them in that. We're blessing the journey with the Lord in this and, and the new connections, the new family, the new friendships, the new community, the, the new platforms, whatever that might look like. And the Lord has, has ordered these steps and he's made everything fall right into place. So we just pray that it's an ease, that there's a peace, that there is hope. Lord, that there is a hope that's even hard to push into, but it make, that the Lord makes it easy. It's an easy hope and that there are great things to come. And just know you have a family and a home here. So, Lord, we just thank you for the Harmons. We thank you for, for your calling on their lives. We thank you for their yes. We thank you for their obedience to you, Jesus. We thank you for their anointing, their giftings, their, their calling, Lord. We just send them right now. We commission them with your authority, with your blessing, with your spirit, with your love, with your power, Lord, that you open all of the right doors, you close the wrong ones, that you make this transition easy. You make their burdens light, Lord. We thank you. We bless them in their coming and their going. Lord, we bless them in the city and the country. We bless them, Lord. Let them be the lenders, not the borrowers, the head and not the tail, Lord. We, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you for the new connections, Lord. And most of all, more than anything, we thank you that they will bring you glory and that they will expand your kingdom and share your gospel and share your love and share your goodness, Jesus. Thank you for Andrew. I thank you for the gift they've been here. I thank you for the seeds they've planted here. I thank you that they are planters, that they plant seeds and, and go, Lord. And we just pray for a harvest and everywhere they've ever planted a seed. Lord, we thank you for Lauren. We ask healing in her body in Jesus' name. We declare and decree healing in her body in Jesus' name. Let your blood cover her. By, her, by your stripes, she's healed. Just love on your daughter. Full healing, the now moment of healing, Jesus. We thank you for Lily and the beauty that you've, you've created in her. Lord, the beauty that she is for you, but she is your beloved daughter. Lily, I just see you just dancing through a field and just, just like freely dancing with him. He just loves you. You're his ballerina. You're his beautiful little girl. He loves you. Lord, we thank you for Lily. Lord, we bless them. We send them. We cover them with your love and your goodness. We cover them with support and honor here. And Lord, we just thank you. We pray that they come back to visit and that they feel just as welcome as when they were here. We pray that they bring back what they're receiving there. And Lord, they bring to there what they've received here. We just thank you, Jesus, for this family. We thank you for our connection forever. Lord, we thank you for eternal glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Okay, why don't you put your hands on your heart? Here's what I'd love to do. Um, it's, it's not just about them. It's not just about the harm is being sent. I believe this is a commissioning day where we're all, to an extent, being sent. It, we may not be moving states. I'm not planning on it. You know, it, it might not be greener pastures, but maybe down the road it'll be wider beaches. I don't know. So, but not right now. 
So, but maybe you're sending, maybe you're commissioning, maybe your go is just to talk somebody this week. Uh, a really proud moment just, just to give some credit to the, the kids workers here and just maybe our home, but what the Lord's doing. Our first grader came home this week. She's like, and she tells this whole story that, um, and this is the things they've been working on on Sunday mornings in the classes, the, the littler kids, and about sharing the love of Jesus. And she came home, she's like, mommy, I, I, I prayed for a girl today and, and she asked Jesus in her heart. So on an inside recess, she asked this little girl, one of her friends, she says, do you have Jesus in your heart? Little girl's like, no. So she's like, well, do you want to ask him into your heart? She's like, yeah, how do I do that? She's like, here, just pray with me. She's like, Jesus, will you fill my... So, so this is what's being planned. That was her go this week. You know, wh whatever your go is, whatever you're commissioning, you're, you're being sent. You're being covered. You are being commissioned by God through the great commission to worship him, to go make disciples and teach them the Lord's ways of what he's taught you. Freely we receive, freely we give. So, and then and I, I, the thing that sticks out about their story is their level of obedience. And this is a little longer than normal, but their level of obedience of just saying yes, just saying yes and being sent, say, okay, yes, now. Now's the time, now, okay, yes. Okay, wait, wait, eight years. Wait, yes, now's the time to go back to Ohio. Okay, you're, being, you're gonna come back, when? Okay, yes, now, eight years, yes. You know, whatever that is. So, so our yes, our obedience of the yes, and then the faith to step out in. That's what I'd love to pray for us. So just, Lord, we just thank you for today. We thank you that we get to honor the Harmons. We thank you for what they've left here and the seeds they planted here. But Lord, we thank you for where they're going. We thank you for their go. We thank you for their obedience, their faith, and we just pray that you make every provision, everything needed, emotionally, physically, tangibly, financially, whatever it may be, that you just make a way in every area. And Lord, for this group today, I just pray that we will go, that we will be obedient. We will have the faith to step out when you say go, and where and to who, Jesus. As small or big as we think it is, Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for a go. We thank you for your commissioning, for your authority in heaven and on earth, in us, the hope of glory. You, in us, the hope of glory. Thank you for obedience. We love you, Jesus. Amen. A couple things. We're going to have a prayer team come up. If you need healing, if you need prayer for anything specific, we'd love to invite you into prayer. If you're watching online, you need, if you need prayer, just, just message us. Put it in the comments. We'd love to pray for you. Um, and the info bar is open if you need any information. Nicole, there's a beautiful lady there attending the info bar today. Um, and then say hi to Kelly on your way out. Kelly is amazing. We love her. We miss her. She's in the great land of Texas now. Um, but we love you guys. Have an amazing week. Bless you. See ya.